Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the Billboard Chappie Podcast. Gary Trust, Billboard's co-director of charts. And hey guys, it's Trevor Anderson, a chart manager here at Billboard. In New York. So last week on the podcast, a lot about uh, men having success on the charts. Uh, we talked to our friends Hit Songs Deconstructed, talking about how uh, men have pretty much dominated the Billboard Hot 100's top 10 over the last year or so. So we thought this week we'd give uh, some some better news for women. We have found uh, women having some success uh, on the charts, and we had we had to dig for it. We, but I guess but we it's found there. It, uh, at at rock radio of all places. So we're going to talk about that. How uh, women are making some inroads uh, at rock. So uh, special guest to do that with us as well. Uh, the Aces group on Red Bull Records, who uh, had their first chart hit back in December, song stuck got to number 38 in the alternative songs chart. So uh, they came into Billboard. They performed. We're going to hear a couple of songs from them. And uh, Trevor, I guess you hate rock so much, you you wouldn't be here for that. So uh, Kevin Rutherford, our rock chart manager, is going to fill in for that part of the show. Shout out to Kevin. So that's coming up. Uh, the Aces. Uh, also, a busy top 10. We've got uh, a new song debuting uh, straight on the Hot 100 in the top 10. Another song in the top 10 uh, from Black Panther, um, which I know you, last week on the podcast, Trevor, you were excited to see it. I assume you saw it at this point? I, I did. I would, as... With a lot of other people, uh, based on those box office returns, yeah, it was it was a great movie. I don't know if people even really need my endorsement because I have such a powerful influence over our listeners, I know. Uh, but, you know, CinemaScore, audiences gave it an A+. You see that it's tearing up the box office. People are really excited about it. And I think, um, in particular, just, you know, some people were, were nervous, myself included, that just given the hype around it, that, you know, oftentimes things can fail to deliver and i think this really 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 delivered so um if you're a fan of of course the marvel universe black panther any of the actors but just a fan of good good movies and good film check it out did it do something totally different than other movies in this whole uh, genre plot wise um I'll, i mean the plot not necessarily i wouldn't say if you, you could probably break it down to most of the typical superhero elements uh not gonna give a spoiler but i will say that the one thing that's a little different is most most superhero movies are kind of, you know, whether you're undercover, right? It's it's Spider-Man who's, you know, no one can always Spider-Man or Superman or whatever. And so a lot of it centers around the question of like, you know, where do I fit in and how do I navigate my place in the world? And again, not a spoiler because it really is not a spoiler. 
<laughs> but in Wakanda, which is where the Black Panther, the country that most of it takes place in, everyone knows the Black Panther. So it's a different sort of problems and questions. It's more about like how this community interacts or won't interact with the outside world versus, you know, necessarily like Black Panther sitting on a rooftop, you know, brooding about do they like me or, you know, am, am I a freak or anything like that? So it's not a matter of it. he takes off the glasses and he's found out. Nah, it's none of that. I mean, it's literally everybody watches him drink the little Black Panther potion and they all, they all know what's up. All right. This week's top 10 on the Billboard Hot 100. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, in a row that is drake at number one with god's plan the song has been lodged in that number one spot ever since it showed up there on the chart a month ago and it very well may be that it's got a no signs of giving that spot up anytime soon and when you talk about god's plan you have to it really almost feels like streaming was made for drake at this point so this week, God's Plan pulling up 75 and a half million streams uh, in the U.S., which, dare I say, is his lowest total with God's Plan yet. Uh, we saw the song start off in the 80s for its first couple of weeks, slipping back to uh, its first run in the 70s last week. Now again, it's 75 and a half million this week. But that is still more than twice the number of streams for the number two song. Right. So, uh, you know, even though Drake 
you, you know, the hate, the haters, I guess, will point out that Drake's slipping and there it goes. And, you know, it's coming down back to earth. It's still, I mean, this thing is in the stratosphere. and We're all hanging out on the surface. Yeah. And it's still, uh, it has the, uh, of the seven biggest streaming weeks, it has uh, four, five, six, and seven. So it has more than half the seven biggest streaming weeks of all time. And that's what you're saying. Uh, 75 is it's low point at this point. And next week, it's a good chance it's going to go back up. Yeah, and of course, next week uh, will be the first week we see the music video, which I guess Drake fans, Hot 100 chart watchers, will be very happy that it came out on a Friday. Right. So uh, for those who don't know, the streaming tracking week runs from Friday to Thursday. So instead of some of those times we've seen in the past where a, a music video drops in the middle of the week and has a few days in one week and then the rest in the next, Drake is going to have... His first seven days all be in the same week. So as you saw, this video is, of course, blowing up on social media because he gives away nearly a million dollars um, to, to families across Miami, um, which, unfortunately, I was not able to make it down to Miami that week. But, oh, if I had. But, uh, yeah, that clip's been blowing up on social media. So you're right, Gary. I mean, there's definitely a strong chance it could blow up next week. I mean, not to put too much hype on it, but... I mean, could it get to a hundred million? Right. I mean, it's already at seventy-five with just the kind of the streams it has now. I mean, twenty-five million for the video is not is not out of the question. Yeah, the only song we've seen do that was uh, Bauer Harlem Shake, which was driven by uh, so many uh, user-generated videos incorporating the song's audio. So this could be the first song to do that, just based on its own strength, the song itself. I mean, that would be you know just another check mark in drake's legendary hot 100 career um but you know we said the video is the biggest thing he's ever done so i mean this could all tie in nicely for him and uh, radio airplay is building really nicely too it goes to number one on the mainstream r&b hip-hop chart this week it goes to number one on rap airplay uh, it's closing in on the top 10 on radio songs so uh, these streaming numbers are huge it's number one in sales we had radio at this point uh like we said before in this podcast it looks like kind of looks like it's unstoppable for the next few weeks on the hot 100 as you guys just heard, uh, Drake is heading up a steady top five for the week. And really, the next big action comes uh, from another Drake tune, this time with Blockboy JB at number six, at uh, the top debut on the Hot 100 this week in the song Look Alive, which I found out about it really just I saw Drake's verse from the video that they filmed kind of going around the social media channels. I'm not sure if that's really what got the song started, but in any case, having the name Drake on there in 2018 is gold. Uh, that song kicks off at number six. And interestingly enough, this is uh, Blockboy JB, who's a Memphis native, his first entry ever on the Hot 100, and it starts out in the top 10. Yeah, it's a pretty rare club to have your first Hot 100 hit debut in the top 10, and it goes back uh, about 50 years, almost. Uh, Billy Preston was the first one to do that, his first Hot 100 hit debut in the top 10. And similar kind of thing, Blockboy JB debuts as featured on a song by Drake. Billy Preston debuted with the Beatles. So, Blockboy JB is to Billy Preston as Drake is to the Beatles? Yes. You're saying Drake is the Beatles? Drake is, our, is the 2018 Beatles? He's the Black Beetle? The half-Black Beetle? 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, as we kind of mentioned earlier about God's plan being uh, having more than double the number of streams as the number two song. The number two song in streaming this week is Look Alive, right. which pulls um, just about 34 million streams. So Drake... I, I think it's his 100 million right there. I was going to say, Close between just one and two, I mean, Drake's already pulled, helping pull 100 million streams for the week. Similar idea, jumping on a song by an act who's, who's maybe the biggest act in music at the time, Beatles, Drake. And we've seen that with other acts. There's been uh, oh, over uh, 20 acts who've debuted their first Hot 100 hit in the top 10. And they all kind of follow a model of similar trends, either appearing on a song by an act who's already established being an act who was in a group previously, uh, or a TV show. So we've seen a lot of American Idol acts debut right in the top 10. Uh, Carrie Underwood did that. Uh, Clay Aiken, former group members, uh, the two acts to do uh, this before Blockboy JB were Harry Styles with Sign of the Times last year and Zayn with Pillow Talk in 2016. So uh, yeah, it doesn't take anything away from, from Blockboy JB doing this. You still have to have a hit that connects and, and gets uh, this kind of consumption. But it's a good pattern to follow. Uh, somehow tie yourself to an act or, or some type of franchise that's uh, so established, you can have that great start. Hiya, Bobby. Hi, Ken. You want to go for a ride? Sure, Ken. Jump in. I'm a Bobby girl in the Bobby world. Life in plastic. It's fantastic. You can brush my What's interesting, though, is there are some uh, acts who are on this list who, who did that that aren't following the, that pattern. One, if, if we go back uh, more than 20 years, 1997, remember Aqua, Barbie Girl? No, I don't remember it at the time, but obviously it you learn about it one way or another. Uh, and then we talk about other uh, groups, uh, group members, even long before One Direction, uh, Jimmy Page. Led Zeppelin, he uh, has first solo hit in 1998, was featured on Puff Daddy's Come With Me. That had a top 10 debut, and uh, Led Zeppelin had one top 10 all time. It was a whole lot of love. Jimmy Page did that with his first solo entry with Puff Daddy, of all people. And uh, Black Panther song new in the top 10 as well. All the stars. Yeah, the Kendrick Sizzle collaboration, of course, as all things Black Panther have come to a head. Uh, the album is number one on the Billboard 200. Both halves of the album, the rap half and the R&B, and there's good representation from both of those on the Hot 100. Um, of course, it be interesting to see how those fare going forward, particularly how the film does at the box office. But it seems like, you know, this is all, if nothing else, I mean, just the moment, the week that everything is coming together in a way that a lot of people were really hoping for. And it's really, you know, good to see. This Black History Month is going, is going right. We got Drake <laughs> topping the chart. We got everybody spreads. Everybody gets a little Hot 100 hit. Did it come out specifically in Black History Month? I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised. If you're the marketer, you lie and say yeah. All right, so last week on the podcast, uh, Hit Songs Deconstructed, we had them on uh, the past couple of weeks, uh, Dave and Yal Penn, and a big part of what we talked about was how, it's not a surprise if you've been either listening to the podcast or, or just following Billboard charts or really just following uh, music at all, uh, mostly male-driven in the top 10. We had a huge 
run with no women uh, at number one on the Hot 100 until Taylor Swift, uh, Look What You Made Me Do, hit number one last August. Real uh, downturn. We're starting to see a little little more of uh, women in the top 10 uh, recently uh, with Taylor and Cardi B. And uh, this week in the top 10 that we just heard, including a new top 10 from SZA. But there's a format where women historically haven't uh, had much of a presence, although recently bigger. And uh, that's where our guests uh, this week on the podcast, The Aces out of Utah, hit uh, Billboard's Alternative Songs chart back in December with the song Stuck. And uh, this week actually times out really well. New number one on the Alternative Songs chart is by Alice Merton, the song No Roots. So uh, Alice Merton, number one on Billboard's Alternative Songs airplay chart. She's the first woman to be number one on that chart uh, in about two and a half years since L. King with X's and O's. And before that, it's about two years before that, that uh, Royals by Lord was number one. So we've had three number ones by women uh, in the last five years on the Alternative Songs chart, which doesn't sound like a whole lot, I guess, when you say it that way. But that hadn't happened at all for 17 years before that. 1996, Tracy Bonham hit number one with Mother Mother, and Alanis Morissette had been number one earlier that year with Ironic. And then no women at number one on Alternative uh, until 2013. Now we've had three since. So take progress where you can get it, right, Trevor? Just what a crazy drought. I mean, all the entire 2000s. All right, so Alice Merton, number one on alternative songs with No Roots. Let's uh, keep celebrating women uh, doing well on Billboard charts. Recently, the Aces came in. They performed on Billboard's Facebook Live, and uh, we got to chat with them. Uh, you, uh, Trevor, were nice enough to let Kevin, uh, Rutherford, the rock chart manager, sit in for you that day. Just, you know, what can I say? I'm a generous guy. Uh, so uh, let's hear from the Aces. They'll perform. We'll talk to them, and then they'll play another song on the way out. Uh, it's the Aces on the Billboard Chappie Podcast. Thank you. Well, guys, we just put a song out, which is awesome. Um, and this song is called Volcanic Love. It's been a long time coming for this song. It's the title track of our album that comes out on April 6th. Um, when my heart felt. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Volcanic. So let's do this. is Volcanic Love. One, two, three... Out of the darkness, I sparked a match that set the fire. I hear the wind sucking. Looking forward, my mind is moving backwards now. Love, my love, volcanic love. My love, volcanic love. You're burning me up. Tell me you feel it. 
Aces to Billboard Sharpie Podcast. Thank you. Hello. All right, uh, introduce yourself first. Cool. I'm Katie. I'm the guitar player. I'm Elisa. I play drums. I'm McKenna. I'm the bass player. I'm Crystal, and I sing. I'm Gary. I'm a fan. <laughs> uh, and Kevin, you're a fan too. Hi. Yes. Kevin and Gary. Kevin Rutherford. Kevin and Gary. So, so I'll, I'll get the fanboying out of the way. Kevin knows every week when when Stuck, your recent single, mm-hmm. was rising every week. I'm like, Kevin, is it on the alternative chart yet? And then we, we had a little party. <laughs> he did. He really did ask like, when you guys every week. Aww. <laughs> so sweet. Thank you. <laughs> so congratulations. You know, one of the cool the cool things I thought is obviously you know we can begin at this, but uh, pretty rare for an all female act to be on the alternative chart. Mm-hmm. And, and Kevin, I mean, you've got the stats on it. It's actually pretty rare for that to happen. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I think uh, you're one of them, I think 15 since the chart started in the, in the late 80s. And, uh, since it started? Since it started, yeah, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's really interesting. You know, we're always looking for like those like interesting threads of like, mm-hmm. you know, bands from Alaska, you know, or something like <laughs> that, you know, because there, there's, there's, it's, it's interesting, but yeah. Um, you know, this is something that happened way more in like the 80s and the 90s. And then it was kind of like a, a dry period for a while there. But we got bands like uh, like you guys and Warpaint and uh, Haim and Tegan and Sarah who have come up in the last couple of years. Um, and so it seems like kind of like ty- the ties are changing, times are changing, which is cool. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that we're, we're very honored. And, and we got a call from, you know, someone on our radio team being like, hey, you guys just broke, I think, top 40. 40. People like L7 or uh, Fuzzbox, the Go Go's, <laughs> yeah, um, the Bangles, you know. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so yeah, it's it's a it's it's a it's a pretty cool list yeah. for sure. Are these um, all girl groups or just have like a girl lead or just solely solely, solely, all solely women um, or like you know some like the Indigo Girls who's you know yeah. two right. something like that, but. Anyway, I mean, like, I think it's really cool. But, like, um, yeah, I, I'm kind of curious uh, what you guys think about that um, in terms of, like, you know, how f- for a while there it didn't seem like there was a, it was a kind of a lack of um, 
women in alternative and rock radio, and I felt like the representation was a little wonky. And, you know, in the last couple years, not just bands, but like, you know, like Amy Shark, Alice Merton, mm-hmm. uh, K-Flight, acts like that, seem to finally be really getting kind of a share of the attention. Um, is that something, though, that you guys, because we can say this, you know, as people who track radio and charts and stuff and we can sit here and we can like point to that and be like oh well it seems like there's more um is it something you're kind of feeling kind of in the industry yourself coming from people who are in the industry and if so why do you think that is that you know we're finally starting to kind of get this sort of sea change i don't i mean i don't know i think it might maybe girls are just feeling more empowered and more like ready to you know start their own bands and do things like this i mean i think for Mm -hmm. us there was never when we started this band forever ago, back when I was like eight and they were all like 10 years old, we just like didn't think twice about it, about being girls or anything. We just like started a band and I don't know. I don't know why. I think, I do think it's because women are feeling more empowered. I think that there's more of a space for them. I do think that, I mean, Tegan and Sarah, I'm a massive fan of theirs and I have watched like countless interviews and they talk about it all the time that like coming up as even just like two sisters, um, in that time like in the alternative world it was just like gnarly like yeah. the way that they were treated and the way that like touring they hated touring because they hated doing radio all this stuff because it was so hard for them not to just be totally ostracized because they were women um yeah. and so i think that we're, we're definitely time is shifting and like especially like you said k-fly who's like a hip-hop kind of yeah. she's totally dominating that field and and in a way that like i don't know if i've seen a woman do before in like a very yeah. cool androgynous way and i think it's because we are in a time that's like we're yeah. open to that people as well are really as wanting like, to see women gender stereotypes are going away too which is really cool yeah. because like i feel like for a long time like being in a band was a very masculine thing and now like chris was talking about like androgyny and stuff and gender stereotypes are going away so like women aren't shying away from doing those types of roles as well as like especially things like being a drummer like mm-hmm that scene is being pretty masculine. There's almost no female drummers, but there's starting to be a lot of them emerging. Mm-hmm. And it's cool because you, I mean, you can make anything your own, so. I think it's really cool because I was saying when we started the band literally like 12 years ago, it was a very like innocent thing. We, we were very naive, obviously little kids to what was going on in the world. But there still was like a part of us, like we were like Disney kids and loved watching Jonas Brothers and Naked Brothers bands, like seeing boy bands and we wanted to do that and be like the girl version so even though we were so young and so naive to like there weren't any women in rock music like we had that instinct yeah. subconsciously yeah. that we wanted to do and represent women in that way at a very young age which sure. is cool yeah have you heard from like younger female fans or aspiring musicians totally, who yeah, say wow you maybe we've never last seen night, this before literally last night at our show that's a huge thing actually that we get a lot of the time on tour that's so inspiring to us is that we we probably get it at least once or twice a night like every time we play a girl will come up to us and be like I want to start a girl band now or oh my gosh like I really want to go in I've wanted to be a tour manager I've wanted to go into the music industry and I've just felt very intimidated but like seeing you guys on stage I'm just going to do it tomorrow I'm going to send the email I'm going to whatever and so that's like a big reason why we do it yeah even like the other day after a show I had given my guitar pick to a fan and she DM'd me and said I'm using your pick I'm learning how to play guitar like you inspired me and it was just so like oh this is why we do this this is we're we're trying to inspire and and it's anybody and but especially young female girls when they feel like they can do it is really special I don't even think it has to be something in music either like I've seen so many fans be inspired to like start going to college or do a career in another you know field that might not be typical for a woman 
and that's really awesome to see too. Yeah. Absolutely. I was uh, saying before uh, before you guys uh, did Facebook Live before Elisa how uh, I saw you guys uh, in November opening for Joywave, and, and never mind male female. I, I thought for an opening act it can be you, know, you see a lot of shows where you know, people aren't paying attention to the opening mm-hmm. act. It's just sort of the way it is. But uh, Crystal, the way you were, uh, you, you made like a joke with with the audience saying you know hey are you guys having fun and you it was the line was uh, you like took on the voice of someone watching and say, oh, I don't hate them. They're okay. I just thought it was, it was really self-deprecating. I'm like, wow, they're really, you guys have a really seasoned presence for being on stage. And I was just really impressed with, you You guys weren't intimidated or anything. You were just, we're, we're owning the stage. We're doing this. Thank you Thank so you. much. Yeah. I think it's this cool thing too, where it's like, we've been performing like almost all of our lives, which is really awesome, you right. know? So I think, um, that confidence has come over like it takes years and years and years to get to that point but we're fortunate that we honestly were the first thing we ever did as soon as we started the band is we were playing live and we didn't actually end up like recording anything until like we got older yeah. but I think also like it's very interesting because even going from like now we're on we're on tour with coin and I already feel myself feeling like a better performer even you know what I mean it's like you're it's there's so much learning and growth that comes with that performing and like you try things out it's very fun to be touring because you're like you try you try a joke it flops one night you're like I'm not gonna do that again you try a joke you get a massive laugh you're like okay how do I plug that again and so it's this like game of like push and pull of like I think all of us are really I mean we we are I mean I don't want to like sound like what's the word we know everything or anything but we, we are quite seasoned i mean mm-hmm. we've been playing shows since we were really little kids um but touring is a whole new experience yeah. and it's been so awesome for us to really sink into that like show every single night yeah. right. um, but i don't think yeah. we're afraid of anything because we've yeah. been through it all like we've been yeah. through playing in a room with five people in a random town that yeah. we just got the offer so we were there you know what i mean and so we're not afraid to try something or say something because we've literally been through it all <laughs> so car straps break yep tricks, can't get worse break, car yeah. fault, like everything that could have yeah. possibly yeah. happened under the sun has happened so yeah. Do you guys remember your first show or some of these early oh, yeah. shows where they birthday party mm-hmm. us three, but with Katie, it was a school talent show. Oh my god! It was a junior oh. high talent show. We covered Maroon Five. <laughs> no. It was wait, the video sounds good today. It I, is pretty good. It was I mean, I mean, we were like eighth grade. <laughs> I mean, um, we were determined. We yeah, were we just we really gigged a lot. We didn't tour, but we gigged all the time. We were gigging like probably once a week, once every couple weeks, mm-hmm. um, just all over our hometown. So that was like really we always say it's like our bread and butter was our live show constantly. Mm-hmm. We didn't go into the studio until we were like, I don't know, 16, yeah, 17. 16. And we had been a band already for like five years at that point. That's that actually something I'm kind of curious about, uh, since you guys have been around for a very long time as a band, um, but this is your first full-length album. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with the writing process for this album, are there any kind of threads from back when you first started or, you know, anything like that that made it onto this album? Or are these more stories that you're telling that are kind of more from the last year or two? I definitely think, I mean, the way that the instrumentation on the record, I think, is just always like classic it's like been us forever like katie has a very distinct way of playing guitar ken has a very distinct way of playing the bass elisa drums me vocals so that hasn't i don't think that has changed in the entire time we've been a band that's actually a really interesting question because i was listening to some of our old old songs when we were literally 14 years old and it's really interesting to hear how we've matured but there are certain habits that each of us have that you can hear in the record today that we mm-hmm. still had back then vocally and like some guitar lines i play like i was listening to some things that i had written and i was like that 
I used to do stuff like that when I was little, and I just interpreted it into like yeah. a mature way. And I hear that in the vocals it's too. It's very aces, like there are those quintessential aces things that I'm like, Katie has to play that, Ken has to play that. Like we do play on our record, and like we're very involved. Mm-hmm. And Elisa and I will go with producers and write music. Ken and Katie are more on the production side and instrumentation. But I think it's just matured a lot and it's been because when you're a kid and you're in a band you know for like your entire teen years it's just a lot of experimenting and you don't really know who you are and you don't really know what the band is you just know you love to play music Mm -hmm. and so you're just writing songs that like feel fun and nice and and that you're really excited about when you're 12 to when you're 20 and so i think it's just been a honing in on like in the past three years of like who are we as a band how do we want to sound like what do we want to say and i think that this upcoming record really sums that up for the past few years definitely and I think the stories too I mean it's about that transition from when you're kids to now doing it as a full-time career kind of from adolescence into young like womanhood so it's kind of tying our whole history together into like what we're doing now full-time doing it together so right and um you know when you guys started thinking okay we're gonna we're gonna put out an album here in the next couple years or whatever was the world that you're kind of in now this whole you know world where stuck is getting played on radio or alternative radio you're opening for coin was that something that you guys this the way you guys thought you were going to go like kind of the direction oh yeah definitely i think like since the time we were little it was always just kind of like shoot for the stars it's like madison I mean? square garden yeah <laughs> i mean it's like we, always been a goal we definitely had a time where we like veered off a bit and like mm-hmm. we were kind of you know when we were graduating high school at least i was a junior that we were at a standstill of kind of like, are we going to continue with the band into adulthood? Or was this just kind of like our identities as like teenagers and kids? Um, And it was kind of a point where we just all made the decision together that we really wanted to do this full time and that Mm -hmm. we really wanted to make it a career and like get to do like things we had dreamed of doing since we were little kids. We literally yesterday. So when we decided to do it full time, we set a list. It was called the band plan and we <laughs> made goals at short term and long term. And we I just asked my mom to go find it in our practice room at home if she could go find it in the story had and she pulled it out and, and sent it to me and we were just reading it the other day and it is hilarious but we just made these goals and there yeah. it is and we decided <laughs> yeah. to go after it some and of them are like outrageous because like we just didn't get how some things worked it. yet <laughs> yeah. but That's then some amazing. are like just still true to this Natural. day you know? four tours right <laughs> four tours in one year and we were like unsigned and didn't know what we were doing and how old were oh, you I, I, I like we were, we were so 17 yeah, yeah. Even, 16, were we 17. a little younger i think we were no, like it was 16 like yeah and you we guys just, were like how old yeah you guys were like 17 out we well 17. you guys were like i was 15 or 14 yeah. mm-hmm. when we did so that we were kids yeah we were I like uh, i like in it's under summer in all caps just work it just work, <laughs> work it. have you have you been working it we've been working it good also equal ownership but work to deserve it literally we're like come on we're all part of this we're on each other pull your way yeah no it's we were very, very goal-oriented from a very young age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we always were listing out things, being like, these shows, these shows. Like, we want to play here, we want to play here. We want to put this out, we want to put that. We were just like, we were writing our goals down all the time. And I think and that's I think- another piece of advice we'd probably give to other acts is like, you have to be proactive. Like, if you want this, and like, even now, like, being signed to a label and everything, like, you've got to work for this. Yeah. And like, like you've got to grind, and no one's going to do it for you. So you need to always keep that vision in mind and write out, you know, like, we're still even now, like, we're going to write out another one, because it's a new year and be like where do we want to be a year from now five years from now like we've got we're still shooting for new things all the time so right it could be easy to think we've got the label we've got the album coming up yeah. we, we can coast a little bit but it's almost like this is where the real work I think this is actually like the hardest we've ever worked and we're prepared to work even harder because it's like this 
this is your moment. You've got to capitalize on it. Like, I think bands run into trouble and they end up drowning when they think they can coast because they have a label. Well, that's so not the case, which is hilarious. You know, I think we always talk about this and we're like, we have to grind 10 times harder now because we have other people on our team who also are counting on us and part of this with us. And like, we are the ones that really, and we're really lucky with Red Bull actually, because we are so involved in our project. Yep. We write, we write the music. We are involved in every single thing that we do. They're amazing at allowing us to really like fulfill our vision and give us that full creative control. Cause they, you know, that's how it should be. You know, if you're a label signing an artist, it should be because you trust the artist to like make yeah. their art. You know and what it's, I mean? It's for sure. Like they're all, they're such, they're so experienced and such an awesome team. Like we really lucked out cause we took yep. our time with finding a label that made sense for us. Mm-hmm. Like we met a few different ones and went through a process where like, I mean, it really took three years yeah. probably. It would have been a very different label. story had we signed the first, I mean like the first label that contacted oh, us when I was like 14 and they were yeah. like 16. That would have been a very different story. Had we like taken that off signed away. Yeah, and I think it was more just kind of like cool band, awesome. Let's sign them. It wasn't necessarily like, who are you guys? Because I don't think they really tell you that stuff till you're in it. Like, do you know what I mean? I don't think they really like if they have an idea about what you're gonna be. I think they sign you first and then they start dishing that out. Yeah, you hear all kinds of horror stories. Yeah, like you know, they took the first thing they could get Mm. and then. You know, terrible. Never hear from him again. You have yeah. To be patient. Yeah. yeah, and it gave you more time to yeah. to hone your sound and yeah, really exactly. know what like you, what we, you are. Now, when we ended up signing, it just felt so good. The timing, mm-hmm. like the, the energy, the band, and like where we were at in our lives, and the sound of the music, like it just really works. Like time mm-hmm. works in its own way. And yeah, and we found like an amazing manager before we signed a label who and a lawyer and a lawyer who really <laughs> understood that we needed. He's like shaking his head. He's like lawyer, yeah, yeah, for real, totally. I mean, that was our first contact was a lawyer, and honestly, like that was just serendipitous. Like how a lawyer was the first person on our team, and he introduced us to our manager and like the rest of our team. But like now, I think that's like the best piece of advice on the planet. I was actually like watching this like seventy three question thing that Taylor Swift did the other day, and they're like, "What's a piece of advice you'd give like an up and coming act?" And she was like, "Get a good lawyer." And I laughed because I was just like, "That is so true. It's actually such a good piece of advice." Do you guys still, uh, is the music still first with so much else going on? Are there ever times where you think we, boy, we just wish we were more focusing on the music, but there's all these other aspects now that we're signed, now that the album's coming up? I think now we're ready to work other parts just because we've been in this album. Our head has been in this album for three years now. And now we're like, okay, this is the album. She's cut. She's finished. She, we, you know, the whole campaign is ready to go. Now let's just work the hell out of it. And I want everybody to hear it and the whole world to yeah. see it. Yeah. But the music totally, I think, like it was we had to build a foundation because mm-hmm. of the music yep. yeah. so like and we work with like again i just like got to rep the team you know red bull and our Such management because they were so awesome about like getting us in the room with people that made sense for us mm-hmm. um letting us really get the songs right and mm-hmm. feel like the album like was totally rounded out and felt amazing to us and now but it took us a minute it took it took the right like combination of people it took the right amount of time yep. and now that we feel like we have that record we're so ready to go but it doesn't go anywhere without the music you yeah. have to have yeah, the songs that's number one right. music has to come first and so we're always writing them yeah. too we love doing the other side of things too like i love doing a lot of yeah. the visuals and photo so shoots fun. elise is really hands-on with our videos and so that's been a fun thing to be doing these past couple months getting ready for the whole campaign but it always comes down to the music like 
If yeah. music ain't right, I mean, that's really matter. Because <laughs> you can have, like, I like we've all seen, like, an artist with fire publicity and, like, they're everywhere, but then, like, you see them on the cover of every magazine, but then you don't ever hear about them again right. because their music wasn't good and that's a problem. So, and then I've seen it the other way, too, where there's, like, amazing music, but you're like, damn, their visuals kind of suck. Like, but it's, the music's good, so you really don't care. It's right. just, like... I feel like, and it's also this type of thing where it's kind of like a, what's the right word for it? It's like a cycle. It's like seasons in the music industry, in this type of project where it's like, okay, it's writing the album season and then that shifts and it's like, all right, now it's marketing season and like, you got to do this and now it's touring and pushing. Like, it's like a whole, and then it'll shift back to writing. Like, it's that, you know, there's stages of the whole thing. So. Your sound is interesting for alternative because it's it's so hook driven, mm-hmm. and it's it sort of you know, we've seen that in recent years. Maybe somewhere in the 2010s, I think when Phoenix came out, yeah, it sort of shifted from from being Foo Fighters and, and so guitar oriented to more yeah. pop. It feels like it's a good time for the sound to to really catch on at mm-hmm. alternative. Absolutely. Well, we always talk about this too when we were writing the album. Um, a song is just a good song. Mm-hmm. Like a good song is just a good song, and you'll notice with like the most classic songs, no matter what genre they are they're hook driven so like we always would talk about like when we were kind of experimenting like Sweater Weather by The Neighborhood like that is a hook driven song you know what I mean you have that chorus come around every time and you can't get out of your head but it's super alternative it's very dark there's like all these songs you know that are huge songs people are like what an awesome rock song what an awesome pop song I'm like they're just great songs they're just just dressed up any way you want to dress them if you reproduced them they could sound sugary you know what I mean if you Mm -hmm. you could make it sound hip hop whatever so that's all kind of just like the icing on the cake of what actually is just like a great song and I think the craziest thing too is like all the classics even like you know Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana super like rock grungy song but like even like you know Kurt Cobain stuff talks about it's like oh it's just like is a pop song. You know, you write something that sticks in people's head and then what is, you know, considered alternative, it transfers and it's like, now it's, because pop is just popular. Now yeah. it's just a popular I, song. I read about him that he was like, he's like, I did not care about the lyrics. He's like, I literally wrote random shit. He's like, I just wanted the melody to be something you could never forget. It just over and over mm-hmm. and over. Right. And he just would like write out random stuff and fit it in and make it like rhyme and sound really cool and hooky. And he was just like, I just want they're pop songs, you know, like they're popular. You guys did that song in concert, right? You, yeah, we yeah. Did. I remember oh, thinking, yeah, I'm like, yeah. like, it put a different spin on it. And yeah. Exactly what you're saying. A yeah. song's a song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so fun. Like we we performed that one with Joy Wave, just like threw it in the set, and people really loved it. But I think, especially vocally, it's really fun for me and Katie. We always try to find like the weirdest song we could cover, like the most different, like male, like weird song that we can do yeah. on our own like spin it our but own and way. like change it yeah like we changed yeah. the pre to like an octave higher and and people always say after like that rendition is so cool but we made mm-hmm. it aces you know yeah. um you but yeah covering that song was a blast on stage people go sure. nuts yeah that they song love just, people, that song no one doesn't <laughs> go crazy <laughs> So I'm kind of curious since you guys talk about how much you love um, hooks. Is there anything on the radio right now that you're really digging? Um, that's oh, like, you know, uh, yeah. like this has like a monster mm-hmm. hook. You know, we something talk could... about Cardi B. Honestly, Cardi B. Well, Cardi, oh, B. Cardi B is my girl. But um, <laughs> um, we talk about SZA a lot. 
We yeah. love. I'm SZA. obsessed with SZA. But and her like song structure is so interesting. But like, she's just. I guess she does repeat. I mean, honestly, on the radio, like on all radio right yeah. now, I'm really loving Beck's new stuff. Mm. I think Fair. it's really catchy. It's pop too. It's pretty poppy, but it, I really, really love it. We love Ports for the Man too. We played a show with them. Oh, sweet. Sorry, yeah. A little bit ago, but great. That's their a big hook song. One of those Alaska bands that you were talking about. Yeah, yeah, right. that's, yeah one of the Alaska that's bands. That's who popped in my head when you said <laughs> that. I've, if I can think of one, I think that's a really big hook. Is that new Dua Lipa song? Yeah. New yeah, Rules. Yeah. It's just oh, like that one, two, like that countdown. So is smart. Crazy. It's like yeah, a crazy hook. That. But I think that's that one's really good too. Yeah, yeah so, absolutely. Yeah. So a new album is coming out uh, April 6th. I mm-hmm. heard uh, the first song. You guys uh, played on Facebook. Love. I heard it this morning for the first time, halfway through. Loved <laughs> lo- lo- loved the hook. So it, for people who know uh, Stuck in the first uh, EP, similar sound, but growth in some ways. Anything different uh, about the album versus the EP? You nailed it. You said yeah, yeah, sound the growth. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's just like the more developed, like more, it's just like the big sister. And I think you're definitely, I mean, given there's 13 songs, you can definitely get to know someone sounds pretty like every facet of the diamond is going to be there yeah. well not everyone you wait till another album comes out I'll get yeah. a little more extensive yeah. but yeah you'll hear a lot you guys are already planning it sounds like you you have a plan for what what you want the cycle of the album to be and even i'm assuming after that you guys already are thinking yeah. what's oh, yeah. going to come after that oh yeah, Five oh, yeah. Ahead. we're always thinking. i think there's already a few demos in the files that are like already like listed like lp2 like we already mm-hmm. have like kind of that sound is we're working yeah. on it right you now. You always got to be putting music out. Like, I think we really look up to people. Like we're super, super influenced by hip hop artists in the way that they put out music. Because like yeah. someone like Drake, he's like never not putting out new music, mm-hmm. and he's so relevant, and he's constantly topping the charts. Because like that new Drake song, that new Drake song. Mm-hmm. So I think we we're just influenced by so many genres, and like we. Yep love writing music and we're always like what's next what's next like we're are we're definitely already thinking about the next album really excited about this one obviously but it's always like yeah what's next what's i next? think it's the type of thing too i think you'll be interested we're about to we're going to drop a playlist in a little bit that's going to be songs that influence the album and i think like people will be interested to see how much hip-hop's going to be in there because mm-hmm. like a lot of the songs were influenced by like r&b artists can you give us a teaser of something on that um what would you say? i'll say frank o- frank ocean's going to be on there for sure yeah yeah so it's, I mean, tons of Michael Jackson is going to yeah. be on there, and the weekend will be on there as well. Yeah. Well, it sounds like it's a combination of, of talent. That's where it starts, but from mm-hmm. there, it's it's having that drive, and it doesn't happen uh, if you don't have that. It sounds like I mean, you just showed us the proof of of, the of that play? the van playing that uh, <laughs> it, it's not an accident when this success happens. It's it's been in the works for for years, as you're saying, since eight, eight years old. Well, that's what I always. It's always funny to me when people are like, oh my gosh, that girl, she's blew up out of nowhere. And I'm like, but if you talk to her, she's probably been working at this for five plus years. It's such, like, no one sees that until suddenly you're massive. Overnight success. It's like overnight. It's not overnight. Yeah, Yeah, even with like, you know, American Idol coming back, people said the same thing overnight. But even those acts have been performing. It didn't just walk onto the stage out of nowhere. I mean, we got asked all the time is like when we were younger and we had been a band already for, I don't know, six years and we were like 16 or you know around there and people would tell us all the time you should go on American Idol you should go on America's Got Talent so like we you know that wasn't like the route for us but a lot of people end up doing that so they've already been going at it for years they've already been developing that craft for yeah. sure um, we just have one more we are the aces from Orem, Utah in New York City <laughs> and this is stuck
so much we are the aces the aces on billboards charpy podcast uh, really great to have them performing here recently at billboard that's uh, the song stuck which again hit billboards alternative songs chart in december and uh, before that that uh, started a uh, live performance of volcanic love uh, which is uh, sort of not quite the title cut from uh, the aces new album uh, their debut full-length when my heart felt volcanic coming out on uh, April 6th. So uh, great insights and a great performance by the aces here on the billboard Charpy podcast. Uh, before we go, Trevor, we're flashing back to what? We are going to take a trip back to 1997. This was, um, 21 years ago. 
looking at a song that had that was a, a pop alternative kind of kind of tune had some had some crossover appeal there uh looking at one of the biggest radio hits of the entire 90s decade uh, a song that was hitting number one this week on billboard's pop song chart for you uh print subscriber fans that's the mainstream top 40 chart and that is a song called love fool by the cardigans i feel like love fool is one of those songs too that that people may know the title of and know they've heard the title but they may not realize exactly what song it is since i don't believe the word love fool actually appears in the song lyrics so here is what love fool sounds like and trust me you know it If you're listening to the podcast at this point, so deep into it, you're a chart fan. So we're going we're going <laughs> deep here into some of this. Uh, I'll take it even deeper to, to a lost chart. A song like Love Fool, Cardigans. There were a lot of songs like that that year. Uh, we get uh, Chumbawamba, Tub Thumping later that year, White Town, Your Woman. A lot of just quirky, alternative, synthesizer-driven music. And this new format kind of uh, was was born in the, in the mid to late 90s. And... It's called Modern AC. Billboard started a Modern AC chart. So uh, some of these songs weren't on the Hot 100, but they were on a brand new chart called Modern AC. It was an offshoot of adult pop, adult top 40. Uh, lasted about five years. Through 2002, there was this uh, side uh, chart called Modern AC where a lot of those acts, Goo Goo Dolls, uh, All the Alternative, uh, No Doubt, Alanis Morissette, had, had some success. And then uh, by the early 2000s, the sound just kind of wasn't there anymore it didn't make sense to, to keep having that chart so that uh, actually went away after uh, 2002 and another victim of the urban takeover and we were saying before how uh alternative music just wasn't poppy at that point it was really uh, heavier stuff so a combination of uh, rock getting harder and uh, hip-hop kind of taking over pop uh, there's no need for modern ac so a little moment for the modern ac chart little yeah we'll pour one out i guess we'll pour one out for this podcast overall uh thanks to everybody for listening and be sure to join us here next week. We'll be talking, of course, to see really, it's almost not really a question of if God's plan will be number one. But I'm calling it now. I, it almost feels like you, with the video coming out, that you, I mean, if you're a betting man, I you put your chips on God's plan for next week. So we'll see uh, the impact of the video. And we assume, you know, never say never, but what Drake's fifth week at number one will look like. And maybe if that hundred million milestone is within reach. And other than that, um, we'll see if, how Look Alive fares in its second week and what's up with that. Also, be keeping an eye on the Black Panther songs and seeing where they shake up after the movie's huge first week. And there are two songs outside the top 10 uh, and the top 20 that can make it some moves on their way up the chart. We've got Jeezy Halsey. Him and I keep steadily climbing. May be able to cross that barrier sometime soon. And keep your eye on the middle the Zed Marin Morris great collaboration that they debuted at the Grammys a few weeks back. Still moving up, ramping up into the top 20 this week, so that one's looking good. Number one on the Hot Dance Electronic Songs chart uh, again this week. Another song featuring female vocals. I think that's, that's a great choice. I think people will be hearing it a lot more in the next coming weeks, and I'm going to say I think top 10 is looking good for its future. So we're going to end with the middle. We'll meet in the middle, Gary, and we'll end on that. I'm
Don't lose it, my mind just a little.